What's up, everybody, and welcome to Breaking Biotech, everybody's favorite biotech podcast. My name is Matt, and thanks a lot for joining me today. If you like what I'm doing, please like, subscribe, leave a comment, let me know what you think. Today we're going to be talking about Aspirin Therapeutics, and we're going to then follow up with a short portfolio update. So we're going to talk about all things cholesterol today. So uh, just to jump into it, aspirin has been hammered the last uh, few months based on an update they gave on one of their trials. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what I see in the future for them and um, also going to set up or give a bit of context on the cholesterol drug industry right now. So uh, really one of the first drugs to come on the market that uh, had a significant impact on lowering LDLC were the statin drugs. So many companies came out with different drugs, and those were all very effective at lowering LDLC. And that correlated somewhat to improving outcomes when it came to different cardiovascular disease events, so stroke, uh, heart attack, things like that. So that was kind of controversial. And uh, a lot of large scale studies have come out to actually show that there is a correlation between lowering LDLC and um, improving outcomes when it comes to these major events. So uh, since statins have been such a blockbuster, uh, other companies have been looking for different drugs that can also assist in lowering LDLC because uh, statins have a bit of a maximum effect and there's also a large portion of people who can't tolerate statins. So um, the dose that's recommended for statins is uh, not the maximum dose to achieve the maximum effect, but it's the maximum dose before you start getting some side effects. So there's muscle wasting effects that are associated with statin use and physicians have to keep that in mind when they're prescribing statins. So to get the best that the best therapeutic effect without too many side effects. So um, companies that come out with other drugs, there's a uh, drug azitimibe, azitimibe, where it, uh, it's some antibody that prevents cholesterol uptake, and PCSK9 inhibitors have come out, which is just a different mechanism to uh, lower LDLC. So Aspirion has a different drug, uh, like I said, bempedoic acid, BA, and it, uh, it's a oral once daily taken treatment, and it's able to also reduce um, LDLC without too many side effects. So uh, to kind of get into where we're at today, PCSK9 inhibitors have been on the market for a few years now, and there's been a lot of large-scale uh, outcome trials to show that it does, in fact, improve um, uh, long-term outcomes when it comes to cardiovascular disease. So these drugs are effective and they're safe, and the thing that people don't like, though, is a lot of them are injections. I think they've come out with some other forms of it, but they're injections, and they're very, very expensive. So I think the treatment is like $15,000 or something. And Asperion sees this as an opportunity because they're pricing their BA drug at under $5,000. So uh, they're trying to go after this market that can't afford or you know, it doesn't have access to something like a PCSK9 inhibitor. And the rollout of PCSK9 inhibitors has actually been kind of poor, so a lot of uh, uh, formularies won't cover it, and it might be due to the price, and it might be due just to the cost-effectiveness of, of it, because a lot of patients who have effective statin therapy, uh, they for them to get additional lowering effects by PCSK9, some insurance companies just don't think it's worth it. So uh, 
Experian hopes to capitalize on this, and uh, I think they're doing a great job so far. Their stock has been all over the place. I think there's been a, a lot of hype uh, based on whether or not the FDA is going to require them to do a large-scale safety study. And I have some thoughts on that, uh, but I think first I'm just going to talk about the, the latest drop here. So in May they announced um, some trial results, and uh, one of them that got people very nervous is these fatalities that were unrelated to the treatment study. So they had 13 patients die as opposed to two on placebo, 13 that were treated with BA. And this got a lot of people very nervous, even though it was unrelated to the tr study treatment. So some people saw this as a, as a very nerve-wracking sign. And uh, I don't know if it's because, you know, it's they didn't provide too much of an explanation and I think people really want to know if there's a good reason why something like this happens. But something that I think is, is missed on people are the patients that are in here are, are not healthy people by any stretch of the imagination. So if we look at the... Uh, I'll have to check the baseline. So people who come in here, like a third of them have diabetes. A lot of them, they're hypercholesterolemic patients. So a lot of them are at uh, significantly higher risk for cardiovascular uh, disease and different cardiovascular events of just happening spontaneously. So to expect that something random like this um, could happen is, is, not, is not unforeseen. And you know, so I'm attributing this to just randomness and I don't think that that's too out there. Um, but this is what sent the stock pretty much tumbling from uh, May until now. So it hasn't even really quite recovered. Although you could have got in around 35, um, it's up to about 49. And um, I, I, t I took a small position on Friday because I, I think this is overblown. But today or yesterday, they actually posted a slideshow from their presentation of these entire results here. So I have that up here, and we'll just go through some of the details. Um, so uh, I think this is the only thing that really made people nervous, but the the dangerous part here is if, even though this might be just due to chance, some people are worried that the FDA is going to require them to do a large-scale cardiovascular outcomes trial, and that's going to take uh, years, and the results from that aren't going to come until like 2022. So if they're not going to be able to get the indication for lowering cardiovascular risk, it's going to keep their keep them from making any money. So I think that's what people are actually concerned about when it comes to uh, some sort of randomness associated with the deaths. But I have a theory, and you know, I have an idea on why I don't think it's going to be too big of a deal. So anyway, if we go through the the presentation from that was like released yesterday, they oh here's some baselines. So just you know, look at some of this stuff. So see the risk factor pre-existing uh, cardiovascular disease. Most of them have cardiovascular disease. A third of them have diabetes. Most of them have hypertension. So these aren't necessarily healthy people. And uh, okay, I don't see the B the BMI, but the BMI is in like the overweight category. So and the age. So they're they're in their late sixties. So these people are not. Um, it's not surprising for them to have some sort of cardiovascular event over the course of a study, especially when you're talking about two thousand randomly selected, overweight, sixty-six uh, year old people. So. I think it's a little bit overblown, but if you look at the breakdown, 
Um, so we'll talk about this in a second. Uh, adverse events leading to, dis to discontinuation of study drug. So this is significantly increased in the BA uh, study. And interestingly, they say that it wasn't driven by a si single system organ class, which if it was due to the drug itself, you would expect it to be related to something specific. So if, uh, for instance, the, the intercept drug, um, OCA, uh, pruritus, which is like an itching thing, that, that's commonly reported, and it's a leading cause of discontinuation of the study drug. So that you can kind of see in the data that, oh, it's specifically due to some sort of thing that the drug is causing. Um, and if it's all related, if it's all due to one reason, then you can say that it's due to the drug, usually. But if it's a bunch of different organ class or systems, then it's hard to really say whether or not it has anything to do with the BA drug. So if we look at the different organ class that's been affected, it's all over the place. You know, cardiac disorder, nervous system disorder, some neoplasms, I guess it was slightly increased by BA, but nothing statistically significant. Um, so I think a lot of the, the side effects don't have anything to do with the drug, and that doesn't really cause me any concern. The only concern is whether or not the FDA is going to require them to do this large-scale CVOT trial. Okay, what else? But uh, So with this large-scale study, though, they did see a big decrease. So I haven't gone into the effectiveness of the drug, but it's uh, pretty much across the board. They get about 20 to 30% decrease in LDLC, and that's usually either on top of statin treatment or on top of PCSK9 inhibitor treatment or whether it's in combination with ezetimibe. So the two, God, I hope I'm saying that right, but so the two products they're gonna release is uh, BA on its own or BA plus ezetimibe in a once daily treatment. Okay, so besides this, this data that we see today, in May they put out this uh, presentation that combine a bunch of safety data and uh, I, I put it down here. So if you just look at it, I'll increase the size here. So fatal AEs unrelated to the study drug. And there's like data committees that meet once a quarter to assess whether or not it's actually due to the study drug. It's supposed to be independent. That's kind of, you got to take with a grain of salt to assume that it is or not. But they say apparently it has nothing to do with the study drug. And it was increased in the BA patients. But again, like I said, if you look at the baseline characteristics of these patients. A lot of them are sick, and it's quite possible that it just happens to be in the BA group. But the um, of all adverse events, uh, there's no difference between the group. 67 versus 66% in the placebo. So I don't see this as being anything to worry about. So I also have out here the different trials that they're going to do. So they're doing one of these CVOT uh, large-scale studies. And I think... Um, what they're what they're 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 not sure because the the FDA hasn't given very clear guidelines on whether or not you can use LDLC lowering as a secondary measure of cardiovascular improvement. So for their drug, for the rollout of the drug, they want to get the indication for improving cardiovascular disease. But if they don't do one of these CVOT large scale trials, they might not get to to put that indication, and instead they'll only get to put that it lowers LDLC. So they're undergoing this trial and the results aren't gonna be out until May in, uh, in 2022. And it's a ton of patients and um, PCSK9 inhibitors had to do this. 
Um, but, you know, things have changed a little bit in the FDA in the last couple of years with the appointment of Scott uh, Gottlieb. I don't know how you say his name, but if, uh, if people haven't noticed, he's been relatively friendly when it comes to uh, drug approval. And his whole sort of, I don't know, his shtick is kind of, uh, you know, let's get companies to approve their drugs and, uh, and continue the data collection, but let's get the drug approved so we can continue to, to grow companies and let them try. So he's even said that he's in support of secondary measures for, um, for drug approval. Yeah, so right here. So, uh, so well basis of surrogate endpoints. So he's sort of in support of surrogate endpoints and LDLC is a surrogate endpoint for cardiovascular risk. And uh, a lot of trials that have come out, so I talked about this, this Fourier trial here that looked at uh, 30,000 patients. And then there's another one called Spire. So these are all in the New England Journal of Medicine. I think I got them for free, but there's this huge number of patients that looked at whether or not lowering LDLC is associated with uh, cardiovascular events, and it was using these PCSK9 inhibitors. So uh, both of them, to, to some extent, showed that it does, in fact, correlate uh, significantly. Now, people at lower risk with an LDLC uh, of above 70 but below 100 milligram per deciliter are less, uh, have a less significant impact when they're treated with a LDLC lowering drug, which kind of makes sense because they're on the lower risk uh, in general. They don't get as much of an improvement as people at higher risk, but people that have above 100 milligram per deciliter cholesterol see large improvements when it comes to cardiovascular risk. So I think that, you know, with Scott at the helm, he's going to be inclined to at least approve the drug for LDLC reduction. Now, whether or not they actually approve it for the indication of reducing cardiovascular risk is kind of a gamble. But I'm, uh, I'm willing to, to go along with it and see, only because I think the drug actually does work. And given the number of patients that they've treated so far and all the studies that they've conducted, so I've got all the things here, uh, I'm pretty confident that even if they don't see, um, even if they don't get the indication right away, I think doctors are going to actually prescribe it as well as they can uh, to improve, to lower LDLC and improve cardiovascular risk. So, yeah, that doesn't, it doesn't worry me too much. Um, yes. Okay, so the other thing that I wanted to mention, so I won't touch on this too much, but this is an interesting story. So these uh, CETP inhibitors are a different class of drug that were actually uh, poised to be very exciting in the cholesterol field because they were supposed to increase HDL cholesterol while lowering LDLC. And uh, they failed due to, to excess deaths and lack of efficacy. So a lot of these large-scale trials that they had to do didn't show any efficacy when it actually came to improving cardiovascular outcomes. Uh, so so it's, it's not a slam dunk necessarily if you get the LDLC reduction, but, and that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get an improvement in clinical outcomes. So uh, some studies that looked at the details of this found that uh, if you measure the intima media thickness, which somehow you can do, uh, there was no difference between this and one of the CETP inhibitors. So it's, uh, it's kind of interesting 
if you if you get into the real details of this and uh, figure out whether or not it actually is the LDLC that's important when it comes to improving cardiovascular health. So, yeah, so so it's complicated because none of these drugs made it to trial, and even one of the successful uh, trials here, Merck wasn't interested in taking it and filing an NDA uh, for some reason. So they showed a good benefit, a modest benefit, but Merck decided not to continue to to file the NDA. So, you know. Uh, Esperion is very much dedicated to their drug, and I think because they see such a dramatic improvement in uh, in LDLC lowering when it's added to to different drugs as well, I think that they're they think that it has a very good chance of of uh, improving people's outcomes and also you know attracting a lot of uh, interest given how much cheaper they're going to list it compared to the PCSK9 inhibitors. So some of the risks involved are the lowering of the cost of PCSK9. So if they see the the companies that have these drugs, if they see that a lot of new players are coming on, they're probably going to be forced to lower the drug. But I think that at the price that Asperion is at right now, uh, I think any news... So the news that came out, this uh, the details of the study might actually send the drug higher, but any news from the FDA about whether or not they're going to require them to do the CBOT trial is going to affect the stock. So uh, in their latest presentation, this one, yeah, so they're hoping to file an NDA in the beginning of Q of 2019, and that's going to force the FDA to make a decision on what they're going to allow them to have the indication for. So. If you're willing to hold the stock until then to see a really large move, I think you can do that. Uh, they're expecting, I think this was, so they're expecting some study results at the end of this year, and anything that's positive in the sense of no adverse event differences will send the stock higher. If they see a large amount of deaths on, on the BA side, then it'll definitely send the stock lower because it's just going to increase the odds that the FDA is going to require the CVOT trial uh, in order for them to get the indication so it's a it's a bit of a risk I'm, I'm comfortable holding a small position and the more we start to learn this information I might increase that position because I think this could take a large chunk out of the PCSK9 um, market and I think their breakdown is, is kind of interesting the way they did it so uh, this one in particular so there's a lot of people who actually can't use statins who need additional LDLC lowering, which I, I had no idea that this number of patients uh, existed, but suffice to say, it uh, seems to be there. Okay, so other than that, I think that's everything I wanted to cover. Uh, if I'm missing anything on why the stock dropped so much, please let me know, because I'm kind of curious myself. I was surprised that this is the only thing that led, led to the stock drop, but, you know, let me know in the uh, in the comments. So other than that, just a quick recap. Oh, and the other thing actually is uh, they have the cash to actually take this. Uh, I don't know if they'll be able to completely finish the March the 2022 trial, so they might have to either raise more money, but uh, they have no debt, and they do have a, a decent amount of cash for now. So that's that also makes me think that they're kind of a, a decent long-term hold. Um, yeah. Okay, so little portfolio recap. Uh, so I sold Symmetrical. They've been bouncing all over the place the last little while. Amien continues to fade. Adamus has been a disaster. So I only have a small position. I only bought 10 shares of Asperion. 
So I'm going to wait until some of the data comes out before I increase that position, but I do feel pretty good about them. Uh, Illumina continues to increase, which is good because I increased my position on them. And uh, Fade hasn't moved much. Uh, BMY has increased a little bit, and I think you know people are curious on whether or not uh, Updevo is going to continue to be important when it comes to the PD-1. And so far it's doing, they're continuing their rollout to be very effective when it comes to that. Um, yeah, and uh, Bluebird, you know, it is what it is. So my portfolio sadly has dropped below that of XBI, so I need to really uh, crank it up. So I'm hoping my position in Asperion will take me to newer heights. The SPX continues to grind forward, which is nice. And uh, you can see that in the vol volatility continues to decline. So... Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with the trade wars or anything like that, or whether or not the Federal Reserve, uh, their, I think the FOMC minutes came out this week, and it uh, it didn't change too much, so they're going to continue to roll out the interest rates increases, which should have an effect on the dollar, which could uh, further cause problems for the um, European nations that have a lot of debt on their books, because it's going to hurt the euro. So uh, besides geopolitics... I think we should continue to see a slow grind higher in inflows into the American stock market, including the XBI. But that's, uh, you know, the uh, monetary policy can have a big effect on all of this. And if we don't keep that in mind, then it's, uh, it's a risk that, that we aren't anticipating. So anyway, uh, I want to thank everybody for watching. Uh, let me know what you think. Please let me know if I'm missing anything when it comes to these uh, cardiovascular drugs. It's a it's a fascinating story how all of these how all of it came together. Um, but I do think Aspirion is by here, and you know even if the FDA requires them to do the CVOT, as long as it shows positive results, I think they'll end up on the market eventually, and uh, and should lead to a, a large amount of revenue. So thanks a lot for watching, guys, and see you next time.